self-employed means a whole other host of things. You got to find your own insurance. You have to save for taxes. And then if you're building a team, you got to pay your team. And so it's like, I'm not keeping all this money. I'm not, you know, $1,000 is really $500, you know, because of X, Y, Z. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of Beat Off Beat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. On this week's episode, I speak with Amanda, who is an expert in connecting, marketing, and pitching businesses while cultivating community. After a huge life shift in 2017 and moved to Dallas, Amanda was seeking a community in her area for women that was inclusive and offered resources for career, life, and business, but came up empty. So she created one herself and called it Dallas Girl Gang. Today, DGG has an audience of over 45,000 women across the country. So listen on to find out how Amanda brings women together into a meaningful community and lifting one another up. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited for my guest today, Amanda. Hey Amanda, how are you? So good, Debbie. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for being here. Can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? I am a teacher by trade. I live in Dallas, Texas, and I also come from a direct sales background, but then turned CEO of my own company. So I've never really wanted to do things the normal way. (laughs) I was never really happy with just doing one thing. And so I've always had my hands and feet in lots of different things, which is what led me to starting my own business and empowering other people to do the same. Incredible. And as you had mentioned, you used to be a teacher. How did you actually take yourself from being a teacher now to running your own business? How was that transition like? Well, this is quite a story. Um, So I moved back to Dallas. I grew up here, was at school in a different state. My husband and I moved back here in 2016 and really was trying to find community. And so I was a teacher. I was teaching elementary music. So running around with little kids all day. And I really wanted community for adult women um, because I spent so much time with kids. And so started this community in 2017 as a Facebook group. And really what we found was people were so excited and thrilled to finally have a place that everyone belonged. And so we started hosting events launched a podcast around it, launched a conference around it and more events. And, you know, we just have grown now beyond Dallas to 50,000 women across the country. As I was teaching, I saw this grow from a passion project, you know, if you will, and really starting it as a Facebook group to, oh my gosh, I think there's something here. I think it was about the time we hit a thousand people in our Facebook group. I was like, 
mm, something's going on. Like something's happening. And it, we had not been around for very long, maybe a few months. And I really began to seek mentorship and just explore and learn on my own. And, you know, Google is your best friend when you're starting a business, especially when it's mostly online. And so I just started to find ways to monetize and find ways to continue to serve our audience the best that we could and really let them drive what we were doing, but also profit at the same time. And so my husband and I looked at the numbers and 2019 was probably the hardest year working my tail off and hosting events all the time. I think we did 40 in-person events in 2019. And of course, 2020 kind of threw a wrench in things, but we were still incredibly profitable. And in December of 2020, we had hit the goals that I wanted to hit. And it was sustainable enough to the point where we were well set up for me to step away from my teaching job. And I did. And it's been incredible. Amazing. I love your whole story because you really created this community for yourself that allowed you to leave your teaching job and to have more freedom with your life. How were you able to pivot your business in 2020 when most of what you were doing was really in person? How did that change for your business? Absolutely. And I think everybody faced this in some capacity. Um, Even if you were an online business owner, you know, things change in the world and it changes how you have to speak and address things and market and serve your people. And so obviously I'm the kind of person that I won't probably sit there and just throw myself a pity party. And so I was like, well, that's not possible anymore. There is nothing I can do about it. We're going to go online. We've done it before, you know, and, but it hadn't been as frequent as we ended up doing it in 2020. So we shifted all of our events online. We created way more events online. And I think in 2020, that's what really has grown us to this national reach because virtual equals endless possibilities. And so our audience is not just in Texas. It's not just in Dallas anymore, but it is absolutely everywhere. Um, I would even say globally, though most of our audience is in the contiguous US. Um, but we shifted and we just continued to ask people, how are you doing? What do you need? What kind of support do you need? And I think everybody in March and April was just scrambling to try to figure out like, um, (laughs) what do we do? How do we shift this? And so we were at home and we were working from home or people were out of jobs. And so we created virtual events that were you know, for entertainment, for self-care, for fun, for business growth. That was, those were some big ones that we hosted were how to pitch your business, how to address your marketing right now, how to still be profitable. If you lost part of your business that was, you know, in person. And so I will say, I'm, you know, I'm all about being transparent and honest. We lost money in 2020. We had in-person events scheduled and for larger events, you have to be active and planning six, nine, even 12 months out sometimes. And so there's deposits and there's, you know, fees and and hiring people and things like that, that goes in. And so it was not all like sunshine and rainbows. We weren't like, Oh, it's fine. We'll just go virtual. I know I probably made it sound like that, but we had to shift and serve our people. The best thing was to give refunds. So we refunded thousands of dollars of people having paid for tickets for events that we didn't even know were going to happen. And so that was one big thing, but 
we didn't let that kind of stop us. And another thing I, I doubled down on in 2020 was teachers started working from home, which was absolutely probably the best thing for me. Um, and at that point, people had been asking or approaching me and saying, I, I need your support. I need your help. I saw you grow Dallas Girl Gang. I want to, you know, grow my business too. How did you do it? You know, the classic, hey, can I pick your brain kind of thing. And finally, I had the time and capacity to think about what I wanted that to look like. And so I really continued to step into being a coach for women who wanted to start a business or women who had a business, but maybe they were at a plateau. And so I really doubled down on that and developed my personal brand because 2017 through, you know, 2020, I was Dallas Girl Gang. I didn't really have a so much of a personal brand. And so at the end of 2019, I started to kind of continue to develop that. And then 2020 just really allowed for me the space to, to, to do that. And so it was not easy, but we were able to do it and really able to do it with the help of our our amazing community. I think within the last year with everything that's been happening, having community being a part of it has been so crucial, especially since most of us, you know, can't go out, can't meet people. So having that online is really a life savior for so many people. Can you take us to the process of you being able to actually grow your community? How were you able to do that and also monetize it? Yeah. You know, I think from the get-go, I wanted this to be a space where women could come. It didn't matter what background they were from, what job they had, if they were a mom or a business owner or an influencer. I wanted them to have a seat at the table before that was a cliche phrase to use, which led me to trademark our our like motto, if you will, you can sit with us. Obviously, it's a spinoff of <laughs> Mean Girls. Um, but I wanted everybody to feel that. I wanted everybody to know this is a safe place. This is where you can belong if you're looking for something like this. And so I think from day one, it was such a white space, as in there was no one doing this, especially locally. Um, any local groups were very like individualized, very specific, and a little bit exclusive, just in the fact of like there were groups for like mom bloggers or um, women in tech or real estate agents. Those are very specific, that which is great. I think that those have their place. But I wanted something that everybody could find whatever they needed. And so from the get-go, as people joined. And I just invited like a couple of friends that I had met through different things. And I said, invite your friends. And all we did at the beginning of, of Dallas Groging was I had like themed days in our Facebook group of, you know, motivation Monday and whatever conversation starters that led to supporting each other that led to, um, you know, people doing their own meetups that led to, People, you know, asking for market research feedback for their business or some of the biggest things are like, hey, where do you take your dog to the vet? Where do you go for this? Especially if they're new to the city. That was a big, 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 big thing that we saw. Tons of people have moved to Dallas and and moved to Dallas all the time. And so it spread like wildfire because people felt safe and seen. And so they were like, 
telling their girlfriends, you have to get in this group. You have to get in this group. It's so funny. My doctor and gynecologist is in Dallas and she tells every woman that comes in her clinic (laughs) to go plug into Dallas Girl Gang because she just is such a fan of, of what I do, which is like so sweet. And that's just the power. It was completely word of mouth because of our foundation of who we were, our mission and our purpose. And then the value that we were offering to the community of the connections, the resources. And then, you know, later on the events, our podcast, specific resources for business owners, things like that. And so that's what I would attribute to the growth. And then like I've always said and said a few times here, listening to your audience and asking them questions, getting feedback and giving surveys is 100% crucial if you are going to grow at all. Because also, you know, from 1,000 members of the Facebook group to 7,000, it could be a totally different group at that point. You know, people come in and people come out and most of the time people come and they stay. Um, cause in a Facebook group, you, I mean, how many of us really go through our groups and like clean them out? Um, and so that's, that's what I would attribute. And it's definitely evolved over, over the years. I love it. And then from that, from nurturing all of these people in your community, how were you able to create income from it? It was one of those things where I discovered I was <laughs> giving so much of my time that it was almost like, okay, something has to give. And so at, at the beginning, I was charging nothing and everybody just would show up and, you know, if we were at a restaurant, like pay for their own drinks or meal. And then I realized, okay, there needs to be some more structure, some more planning to this. Let me just take care of all the details so that they can just show up, right? And so I would basically charge to cover the cost. And then from there, I was like, I really want this to be an experience. I want this to be memorable and well-branded. I wanted to hire a photographer, things like that. And so I said, if we want to do those things, it costs money. And so with some of the mentors that I had too, they really encouraged me from early stages, like charge your, your worth. And I think that's a big topic these days too. But I went from charging like $5, which is really embarrassing <laughs> to charge $5 to any of our in-person events are usually $20 minimum or up. If it's a workshop, you're looking at a hundred or more. If it is a conference, you're looking at 300 or more. If it's virtual, it just depends. It could be 20. It could be 48. It could be, you know, 129. If like, you know, our, our conference last year had to go virtual. And so with the events piece, there's so much cost that go into it, depending on what you're doing. I had to make sure in order to even profit X amount, we have to charge this and we need X amount of sponsored dollars. We need X amount of sponsor covered costs, things like that. And then I looked at our community. And so we created a membership that was really for those people who are what I would call super fans and they want to stay even more connected. They want the benefits of the resources, trainings, um, you know, intentional community and, you know, Q and a sessions, things like that as they're going through life. And really for the membership, we focused on our business owners because that's what we heard was needed the most. And so that was one revenue piece. 
And then as our audience grew to 10,000 people, 15,000 people, 20,000, whatever, people obviously wanted to partner with us. And so at the beginning, you're offered sometimes with free product or free whatever and, and not a paid fashion. And what I realized was like, and no one had to tell me this. I just knew I'm not doing this for free because I know our community is so valuable and is so A, large, B, engaged, and C, a very specific audience. And so when it aligns to the the brand who's approaching us, I love to put my best foot forward and say, this is how we can really serve you. This is what our audience is like in our community and their, their habits and behaviors. And, you know, what do you guys need? What, what are your goals? How are you guys growing? And then I can send them a proposal of this is what the, it's going to cost, you know? And oftentimes brands are pretty receptive to that when it really aligns and when it's a brand that actually has the budget. And so that's been a huge piece of our revenue stream as well is paid advertisements and paid partnerships. And then we, especially in 2020, we wanted to really support local business. And so we gave opportunities that were really, really budget friendly to get their name out there, to partner with us, to advertise within our community. And so those three big things have been the main profit streams for the business, but also on the completely different side of of what I do in 2020 or end of 2019, leaning into my coaching and my services, just open this whole other door to revenue streams, not only being someone's, you know, consulting on something, but being there to guide them and support them as they grow, because I was there because I've been there. And that's what I absolutely love to do is, is walk with people through their experiences. And as they grow their business, because basically my clients are where are me, you know, four years ago or me three years ago. And so that's, those are some of the major revenue streams that we have been able to come up with. I love that. I really really love the fact that you have been able to create these different streams of income. And I think there's a misconception that when you have a business, you necessarily just only want to have one, right? And in the beginning as well, like you don't know where you really want to niche yourself down to. So that's mm-hmm. always good to to find that out. And, you know, don't say no to to where that income is coming from if you if especially if you're just starting out and then once you really figure out where most of your money is coming from then obviously you focus on that but there's always right. going to be different ways that you're going to do this so that it also makes it more sustainable for you in the long run 100% i mean if we didn't have multiple streams of revenue when 2020 hit I don't really know what would what we would be doing right now. I definitely would not have been able to leave my job. That's for sure. And I mean, everybody's probably heard this, but if you want to make be a millionaire, you have to have seven re- seven streams of revenue. You know, whoever said that, that's probably in a lot of our heads. But the multiple streams of revenue is absolutely essential if you want to a scale to six figures, multi six figures, whatever, and B, stay in business. (laughs) That's like the number one thing that I've seen is, especially locally, is they have one product, they have one service. And 
some people just don't stay in business because they probably don't have the support. They don't have the education and the resources they need and they don't have the streams of revenue. Yeah, absolutely. And especially now it's so much harder to just stick with one type of income because of everything else that's happening. So for you, Amanda, when did you know that it was the right time for you to finally leave your day job as a teacher and do this business full time? Yeah. Well, I would say for those who are listening who are maybe in a committed relationship, a marriage, a partnership, we had to be on the same page. My husband and I come from two different worlds and two different backgrounds. He grew up in Arkansas, very small town. People don't spend money like crazy there. You know, cost of living is is way cheaper, but also like income levels are way lower. He comes from a background where money was a huge stressor in his life and his childhood, specifically a lack thereof. I came from a very different background. I was a typical white kid growing up in the suburbs, two parents, dad had a great job, the end. We never went without. We always had what we needed, went on family vacations. And so to give you that as a background, when it came to (laughs) being self-employed, Self-employed means a whole other host of things. You got to find your own insurance. You have to save for taxes. And then if you're building a team, you got to pay your team. And so it's like, I'm not keeping all this money. I'm not, you know, $1,000 is really $500, you know, because of X, Y, Z. And so that is so risky in the first place, especially in the world's eyes. So when I started really growing this business and hear me say this. My husband has always been my biggest cheerleader. He always says he's the token boy of the girl gang. He absolutely loves what I do. He also used to be in sales and marketing. And so he has this incredible fresh perspective when it comes to things like that. And he, I always go to him for advice or if I get a response that I'm not sure what to do with or an email. And, and so with all that being said, as I started to profit, I was getting so exhausted teaching full-time, 7 a.m. to 4, Monday through Friday, and then working my business when I got home until 8 or 9 o'clock, and then getting up at 5.30 and doing it again, and then hosting events on the you know on some weeknights or weekends. I was burnt out pretty much from like most of 2019 early into 2020. I think the pandemic ironically gave me a little bit of a break because I got to be home and like just my body like got to take a rest. And so as I started to profit, I just kept thinking, I have to do this full time. I have to do this full time. It needs my full attention. It needs my full, you know, passion and capacity though I've always loved being a teacher. I love kids. I always will. And I will always be a teacher in anything that I do, which is what I love about coaching now. But really what it comes down to is the numbers have to be there. And so the, the agreement that my husband and I came to was he always wanted me to be able to do what I wanted. And we said, okay, we want X amount of money in savings as a like cushion, worst case scenario, whatever. And then 
you know, on a monthly basis, have I replaced my teacher's salary? And so I was like, all right, that's, that's what it is. That's what we got to do. That's what it's going to take. Here we go. And so beginning of 2020, I knew that's what it was going to take. And I busted my tail to grow the personal side of my business and make that sustainable. Also invested in coaching for myself because I knew if I wanted to grow this quickly, I needed assistance to not shortcut that, but accelerate that, if that makes sense. And so found an incredible coach, Hannah Nieves. She's out in New York. Really helped me put all these systems in place. Brought on a couple of people to assist me as because I, I couldn't do it on myself as we grew the podcast and my coaching and Dallas Gorging events and content and all the things that we are doing while I was running a full-time job. So I brought on a virtual assistant and I hit that goal. And then the pandemic happened and we had to kind of put a pause on things. My husband was out of work with what he did. He actually went on to get certified to be a teacher as well, which is crazy. And so we just kind of had to be put a pause on things. We wanted to be really conservative too. I would highly recommend don't pull the trigger before you are absolutely ready to because of things like this, because of a global pandemic, because of, you know, a possible layoff or whatever. So we just saved, saved, saved as much as we could. And I remember one of our stimulus checks, I think we just put it in savings. <laughs> um, and then once school went back into session, he started to teach. I We decided, okay, this is my last semester. We're going to strategically save with my income, with his income, pay for what we have to, live completely within our means and under, you know, not, not really like, obviously like two, it was a pandemic. We're, we're not going out to eat all the time. We weren't going to the movies. We weren't like traveling. So like we got the opportunity to save some money. Simultaneously, we bought and built a brand new house at the same time. So people that are listening that are feeling financially constrained, it's absolutely possible. I was a teacher. Teachers don't make shit. You know, he was in sales working for your, for, for himself. That's hard too. So we don't come from jobs that had a set up making 70, 80, 90, a hundred thousand dollars a year already. You know, teachers make like 40, 50,000, you know, in some States they make in the thirties, which is just crazy. Um, and so we were able to save. And then we decided this was going to be my last semester. I told my principal, um, in September, Hey, this is my last semester. And I'm telling you now because teachers, it's really hard to find teachers, especially in a department like music, because there's not a lot of them. Um, and so I left in December. And so we really had those goals in place, met those goals and even surpassed those goals. And I, and then we were able to kind of pull the trigger. That's amazing. And it takes a lot of guts to be able to hit that, right? Hit that goal and to actually pull the trigger on it. Because a lot of times we're waiting for the right time or there's so much fear that goes into it. So that's incredible. That's what I hear a lot too, is fear, especially from clients when they come to me originally. (laughs) So yeah, we see that and we also have felt that. All right. So 
Amanda, I'm going to give you five fun questions and you must answer in one sentence. (laughs) So here we go. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) All right. First, what is the worst food that you have ever eaten and why? Ooh, artichoke hearts. Don't like them. They're slimy and I almost gagged. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right. What has been the best money you've ever spent and why? Oh, gosh. Uh, there's. I feel like I just have a list of things on Amazon, but I won't. Um, the best money I've ever spent was, I'm going to go the business route, was my most recent business coach. Absolutely. Hands down. Amazing. All right. Now describe what your ideal day would look like. Well, now that I'm working from home, I love this. Um, I would love to get up. Like I don't have to get right up and get to work. Maybe I'd take a shower. Maybe I'd do like Pilates or, you know, do a quick little workout if I feel like it. Cuddle with my dog and take my time throughout the day work on what I want to have some music on candle, get some vibes going, then Netflix or watch a movie with my husband, eat some pizza. And yeah. Love that. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? I love this. I'm such like a Marvel universe nerd. So I love this question. (laughs) Um, I would want to be able to, I think it's always so cool when people can like throw fire or like create fire from themselves. That would be super cool. <laughs> Imagine like there goes Amanda again, making fires Lighten everywhere. It up. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's the one thing that you wish you did sooner? Oh my gosh. Slow down. I wish I would have slowed down sooner so that I could listen to myself and my body and the people around me. (laughs) Love that. All right. So let's fast forward to 50 years from now, Amanda, and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? I love this question. Did you say 50 years? Yes. (laughs) So I hope I make it that long. Um, I want to be remembered as someone who was a lot of fun, first of all. (laughs) Um, But someone who cared about people first and making an impact first versus, you know, instead of status, money, things like that. I want to leave a legacy that my future kids and my family are proud of that they, they look back and see like, I'm so glad I had Amanda as my mom or, you know, just someone that really empowered a lot of people. I always, ever since I was young, I really felt like I wanted to do big things. And so I would love to be able to look back and know that I did. Amazing. I love that, Amanda. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you for sharing your story. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? You can find me at Amanda's in Dallas on Instagram, Amanda C. Smith on Clubhouse. Wanted to secure my actual name on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And AmandaCSmith.co is my website. And then all things Dallas Girl Gang 
or it's just Dallas Girl Gang. You can literally Google it, look it up anywhere. And the Girl Gang podcast. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amanda. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Amanda. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to turn a side hustle into a full-time business. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.